Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Everybody. Oh, come on, praise the Lord, everybody. We want to welcome you here to Second Chance Church. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we're choosing to rejoice and be glad in it. Right there in your living room or wherever you are, put your hands together.
thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you for your blessings on our life. God, we want to thank you for being a faithful God. We want to thank you for being like no other. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for today. And Lord, we ask in that you will forgive us of our sin. God, as we ask for forgiveness, confessing, God, that we have done some stuff or thought about things that was displeasing in your sight. But God, we thank you for a second chance. God, we thank you for another opportunity, Father God, to praise you and to bless you because you are definitely worthy of the praise because you're always making a way and you're worthy to be praised. So God, bless this service. Bless the word that goes forth today. Allow your anointing to destroy every yoke of bondage. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and praise. Hallelujah. Lean over to somebody wherever you are and say, the Lord is always making a way. He's always making a way. See, the Lord is the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, let's sing this song, take a chance. Come on. Lord, Lord.
bless you. And we give you the praise. And he's always making a way. God bless you. God bless you. We just want to welcome you to Second Chance Church here in Flint, Michigan. I thank God for all of you that are live streaming on today. I just want to say happy birthday to Granny Hazel Miller today. I want to thank my sister Karen and her husband Greg for the blessings and the contributions you made to the church. I want to thank the volunteers who've been working on Tuesdays and Fridays passing out food. God is an awesome God and we want you to know that every Tuesday from 11 to 2 we uh, pass out food um, and dairy products so you can pick them up diapers, masks. On Fridays we do the same thing at Hallwood Plaza so be sure to join in and come and get what you need and if we can volunteer we want you to volunteer. We want to pray for all of our members that are not feeling well these days, right now we have a whole list of names and we're gonna put them on our Facebook live stream, but we're gonna go right to prayer and right to the word here in just one moment. We're going back to the book of Jonah. We're still in the first chapter. It's good seeing you, God bless you, we love you. Jonah, we're going to be Jonah, the first chapter, verse 7 through 12. We have started at Jonah verse, and now we've worked our way to verse 7. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you and ask you to let this word touch somebody's life so that it will be life-changing, that it will heal someone that needs healing today, that it will deliver those that need delivering. Lord, we ask a special prayer for those not feeling well today. You know who they are. We ask you to bless us as a church family. We ask you to touch everybody that's live streaming today. Go be with those in the hospital. Be with those incarcerated. We ask a special prayer for Brother Royster and Minister Winfrey right now. Touch them. We ask you to heal, deliver, and set free. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we give you all the praise. Amen. Jonah, the first chapter, verse 7 through 12. My Bible says, Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. And the Bible says, They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they ask him, tell us who is responsible for making this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running from the Lord because he had already told them so. My Bible says the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm for us? He replied, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. He says, I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Just for a thought this morning, 
taking responsibility or a spiritual investigation, a spiritual investigation. I, I, I love watching criminal shows. I can go all the way back to Perry Mason, Criminal Minds, Law and Order, Law and Order Special Victims, NCIS, The X-Files. I, I love watching those kind of shows. These particular shows deal with someone or a group suspected in committing a crime. One of the things that I know from experience is that when you get in trouble with the law and the prosecutor has charged you with a crime, then it becomes the judge's responsibility to either hand you out a sentence or you can take your case in front of the jury. But either way, there's a process that you go through which is called a background check. And during this process, you have to fill out a, a questionnaire about your background history while all this is going on, the courts have a, pro a, 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 a probation officer who will then run a background check on you. Now they call it vetting you. And based on how you answer the questions and what they find in the background check, the courts will do, the, the courts do what they will have to do. The, the, what the courts find will have a lot to do with your sentence for the crime that you committed. They do what's called a criminal investigation. They ask questions like, have you ever been arrested before? Are you violent? Have you been on drugs or alcohol? Do you have any mental issues? They'll try to see the inconsistencies in your life. In other words, they will do a criminal investigation. And let me say this, when you get in trouble, your record follows you forever. Well, I see the same thing happening in this text with Jonah. It seems like a spiritual investigation. Let me paint the picture for you this morning. The lightning is flashing and the thunder is roaring. The, the waves are beating against the ship and the ship, ship is rocking from side to side. My Bible says that God sent a storm. The crew on the ship are upset. They're disturbed. They're afraid. They're cold and wet. The Bible says that they prayed to their own gods, their own gods, the, the God with the little g. They've sent emails, faxes. They've sent text messages and Instagrams. They've Facebooked their gods. They've sent their gods a message through Messenger. They've even tried to Zoom in with their gods. But their gods have not answered and are nowhere to be found. My Bible says they've thrown the extra cargo overboard, but this has not made anything better. They are afraid. And while all this is going on, Jonah is down below on the ship sleep. And my Bible says that the captain of the ship goes down and tells Jonah, get up and call on your God so that we might not die. So the, so the sailors, my Bible says in chapter 1 verse 7 that the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots and find out who's responsible for this calamity. Lots, a Hebrew word. Gora, meaning to use pebbles to make decisions in biblical times or to determine God's will. The Hebrews used lots when they were not sure about a situation. You can find the casting of lots in Leviticus 15 and 8, Numbers 26, 55. And even the apostles used lots in one instance, Acts 1, 26. 
You remember when Judas hung himself? The disciples cast lots to see who was going to replace Judas. Matter of fact, the casting of lots were used over 50 times in the Bible. But I don't want you to think second chance that gives you a, a reason to go to the casino and start gambling. So know that casting lots was in the Bible, but that has nothing to do with you gambling your money away. So the Bible says the sailors cast lots to find out who were responsible for the storm. My Bible, my Bible says that the lot fell on Jonah. I like the way the sailors handled this thing. Didn't say they condemned him, because most of the time we'll condemn a person whether they're guilty or not. We will condemn somebody on gossip or, or hearsay. We will, we will condemn somebody without the evidence, without any witnesses. We will condemn a person. But the Bible says they went to Jonah. They said, the lot has fallen on you. So the sailors say, we want to ask you some questions. So verse 8 opens up with this spiritual investigation. They ask him seven questions. These men were not investigators. They were not attorneys. They had not passed the bar exam. But they opened up their own investigation. Verse 8, in question 1, they ask, who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? Then they ask, what do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? In other words, they were asking him, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Do you have an employee badge? Do you have a business card? Where was your last address? Can I see some kind of ID? What part of town did you come from? Who are your folks? Tell me something about your parents and where you live. Then in verse 10, and then, then in verse 10, what have you done? Then the seventh question is in verse 11. What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? They asked seven questions. Let me pause for a moment and tell you that if you're on board a ship with somebody that's in trouble with God, you ought to ask God a question. Do I need to stay on board or do I need to get off? They knew why the storm was brewing because Jonah told them in verse 10 that he was running from the Lord. It's dangerous to hang around a person that is in trouble with God. Don't get too comfortable sleeping in a bed with a person in trouble with God. Don't get too comfortable riding with a person that does not love the Lord. Make sure you buckle up because sometimes God will stir up the house. Sometimes he'll stir up the car you're riding in. He'll upset the job you're working on. And he may not be after you. You may just catch part of somebody else's whipping. Jonah's disobedience was creating a problem for everybody on the ship. They all find themselves in a storm. They ask him, from what people are you? And in verse 9, Jonah answers, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. He was really saying, I'm part of the children of Israel, and I'm special. You do know that God has special people. You do know that we're all special in the eyesight of God. But there are consequences for our actions. You see, sometimes we try to do things on our own without the Lord. And so sometimes the Lord will have to stir up the water in our life. He will take things that you love the most. He will take your job from you. He'll take your 401k plan from you. He will, he will take your health from you. And when you can't depend on your job and your career, you'll find yourself coming back and saying, Lord, here I am. 
I tried to make it without you, but I found out I can't. Lord, I need you. Somebody needs to say today, Lord, I need you. See, God is more concerned about our character than he is our comfort. God is more concerned about our holiness than he's concerned about our happiness. So sometimes God will make our bodies sick to heal our souls. Sometimes he will knock us down so that he can pick us back up. Sometimes he will break us so he can bless us because God has invested too much in us. He died for us on a hill called Calvary. He shed his blood for us. And God says, you can't get away from me. You can run, but you can't hide. If you go to jail, I have a jail chaplain come see about you. You can go to the hospital and I'll send a prayer nurse that won't stop talking about my goodness while you land on your sick bed. God is saying to us today, you can't get away from me. He said, the stuff that you're depending on, I will take it away from you. The people that you're trying to lean on, I'll move them out of your way. You see, the problem with Jonah is, he, is that he has some self-righteousness in him. Jonah was like those of us that think that there's that their church is the only church that is saved. That you have to be in a certain church to be born again. You have to be in a certain building for God to show up. Jonah had Nineveh issues. He didn't want the people from Nineveh to be saved. Jonah knew that if he went down and he preached, Nineveh would be saved. Because Jonah said that God is merciful, compassionate, and slow to anger. Jonah had problems with the people of Nineveh because they were a savage people and they didn't know anything about God. They didn't know how to act. Remember this, when you see somebody cutting up, don't be so hard on them. Don't be so judgmental on them. You don't know where they come from and how they grew up. But if you say God expects more out of you, you know, I've been dealing, I've been dealing, I've been dealing with cursing. I've been dealing with cursing, one of my shortcomings. And those of us in the body of Christ ought to try not to cuss all the time. I I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Cur cursing is vain conversation. Whenever somebody cusses, it means that they have a big word they want to say, but they have a small vocabulary, so they cuss. I hope somebody got that this morning. What, what you fail to realize is that you get the same judgment from cussing that you get from committing adultery, that you get from stealing, that you get from killing. Because my Bible says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. If you get a, commit adultery, you at least get enjoyment for a moment. If you steal, you at least get the item you stole, if you, if you get away with it. But when you cuss, you don't get nothing but judgment. You don't get any benefits from cussing. So I'm trying my best. I, th I thank God today. I'm trying my best to stay away from those of you that get on my nerves. And I'm getting better because I don't say what I'm thinking anymore. And I thank God that I don't cuss as much as I used to. Do I have any witnesses listening this morning? I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Let's get back to the message. Jonah didn't want to preach to this heathen nation. So Jonah tells several things in this text. The Bible says in verse 11 that the sea was getting rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? 
And Jonah says that if you really want to get out of this storm, I recommend that you pick me up and throw me into the sea. I know that it's my fault that we're in this storm. After the spiritual investigation, Jonah begins to take responsibility for his disobedience. And I think this is a good point to close this out with this morning. I, I, I'm going to get on up out of here. But what Jonah is saying is that I'm the cause of this problem. I like that about Jonah. Because I want you to know that it takes a strong man or a strong woman to admit when he or she is wrong. I really think more marriages would stay together, together every now and then someone that would admit that they're wrong. I believe that there might be somebody streaming in this morning that are mad with their significant other because nobody will take responsibility for their actions. You know, pride is a terrible thing. The Bible speaks about pride before a fall. Some child ought to be able to admit this morning, the trouble I am in is because of me. The reason that I'm not blessed is that is, is my own fault. Lord, I know you love me, and I know that you want the best for me, but I've gone AWOL. I, I'm doing my own thing. Somebody needs to take responsibility this morning. I think you know that the Lord will bless some family this morning if some man would admit that he's wrong. Yeah. I've been wrong. The reason my son won't listen, the reason that he's getting in trouble is because I didn't raise him right. I didn't come home at night. I argued with his mother in front of him. I didn't teach him how to be a man. I didn't pray with him at night. I didn't teach him the wages of sin are death. Men, you ought to be able to stand up and say, I admit I've done some things wrong. I, I'm told you I'm closing. Women, you ought to be able to admit when you're wrong. Some daughter may be able to find herself if you take responsibility for your mistakes. If some mother will admit, it's my fault, baby. I let you grow up too fast. I let you put tattoos all over your body. I let you wear too much makeup. I let you wear those fake nails and those fake hair. I let you wear the wrong clothes. I didn't make you go to church. I made a woman out of you while you were still a child. I should have made you stay in a child's place. I allowed you to flounce around when I should have been knocking you down. I let you hang out with the wrong crowd. I let you hang out with men that were too old for you. I let you date too early. I'm the cause of your trouble. Sometimes we need to be willing to admit and all of us got something that we need to admit because the Bible says all of us got issues. Somebody need to admit this morning. Lord, I've been wrong. Lord, I've been disobeying you. Lord, I haven't done all the things you told me to do. Somebody ought to admit this morning. Jonah knew what it was going to take to stop the storm. Jonah says, I know that I created this mess. And the only way the storm is going to be calm is if you throw me overboard. You have to be willing to sacrifice your life. You have to be willing to give it all up for the cause of Christ. As I close, you know, Jesus was a part of a criminal, criminal spiritual investigation. The devil was the prosecuting attorney. They took him to a kangaroo court. They made up charges against my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The only evidence they had against him was circumstantial. They had no credible witnesses, but they still found him guilty. Jonah represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
But I heard Jesus say that they're not going to act right. So Jesus said to his father, I know the devil's not going to be satisfied. So father, I'm willing to sacrifice my life for mankind to be set free. And I thank God this morning that he allowed them to take Jesus to Calvary. He went to the cross a giving God. God gave his son and his son gave his spirit back to his father. He gave his hands to the nails. He gave his feet to the spikes. He gave his side to the spear. And the devil thought he had won. The devil thought he had victory. Oh, they hung my Lord and Savior on that old cross until he died. They put him in a borrowed grave. But oh, I thank God for Sunday morning. That old stupid devil thought he had won the case. So the devil came back to the grave to gloat. The grave was sitting there with his head in his lap. The devil said, something has happened. The grave says, I don't know how to tell you this, but I held him all night Friday night. I held him all day Saturday. I held him all night Saturday night. But early Sunday morning, I got sick of the stomach. The grave says, I don't know what was happening. It was a rumbling and a tumbling. It was a rocking and a reeling. It was a shaking and a quaking. The devil says, quit beating around the bush. Would you tell me what happened? The grave says, somebody must have given him a reprieve. Because before I know it, he had gotten up. Anybody know that he got up this morning? Sunday morning, he got up out of that dusty grave. The devil said, tell me some more. The grave said, well, he raised his hand and he looked back at me and said, I got all power. Anybody know that he's got all power? I'm talking about all power. I'm glad he got up. And since he got up, I can live a victorious life. Since he got up, I don't have to go around acting like I've never done anything wrong. Since he got up, I can admit when I'm wrong. Since he got up, I realized that I'm a winner. And I want all of you that are listening this morning to know that you are all winners, not whiners, winners. And we serve a true and living God. And all we have to do is call on him. Because whatever I need, that's what he is. Let me tell you what he is to me. He's my FedEx, my leaning post, my joy, my peace, clothes on my back. Shoes on my feet, my overnight express. And the thing I love about him is that I can stand on his word. Does anybody listening to know him? Do you really know him this morning? Do you know he's all right? That's why, if you know he's all right, why don't you give him some praise? I tell you, I tell you, I'm feeling all right. Because the more I praise him, the better I feel. I don't care what I've gone through. I don't care what I'm going through. The more I praise him, the better I feel. Is there anybody out there that feels all right today? Well, you ought to give the Lord some praise right now. You ought to thank him that even in your obedience, he's still looking out for you. He's still watching out for you. The more you praise him, the better you ought to feel. I don't care where you are. I don't care what little room you are in your house. You ought to stand on your feet and give God some praise. If he's been good for you, if he's watched out for you, if he's taken care of you, you ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to tell the Lord, thank you. The more I praise him, the more I thank him, the more I love on him, the better I feel. Somebody tell the Lord, 
Lord, thank you. Tell the Lord, thank you. Tell him, thank you. 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 He's all right. He's all right. Mary's baby. Lily of the valley. Right before the star, the more I praise him.
Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.